it's I think there's an exogenous thing that happens in crypto. It's that Bitcoin sucks the liquidity out. As soon as Bitcoin tops, all the liquidity starts jumping out of the market and then altcoins can't go anywhere. And I, I think that's what happens with altcoins. They're they're great as long as Bitcoin is performing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Investing Experts podcast. My name is James Ford, and I am the Pragmatic Investor, joined by fellow essay contributor Ryan Wilday. Ryan is the main author behind Crypto Waves, and he is an expert on Elliott Wave analysis and cryptocurrencies. So let's start with the crypto part of it. Would it be fair to say that uh, you saw Bitcoin more as a trading vehicle first and then kind of uh, also subscribe to it in the more fundamental sense for for sure yeah i just saw it as a vehicle to short-term profits to be honest <laughs> in the beginning i mean that, that's that was my mindset um i mean i you know I, even in stocks i would have do short-term trading and long-term trading and because i was work a day often it, it, things would end up being long-term i didn't have really deep trading skills but i just saw i, I understood volatility i understood um I, a little bit of technical analysis it was hard to wrap my mind around Bitcoin from a fundamental perspective for a long time, probably at least until until the height of 2017. Even even as we were rolling into the high of 2017-18, I was still thinking of it as a capability question, and you still had Ethereum with more capabilities, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the philosophical um, belief in decentralized networks and um, you know um, uh, you know you know censorship issues of censorship in, in transactions. And so, but now I'm deep in, you know, I deep, I have that as a, you know, as I watch politics evolve in the United States, I, it just deepens my conviction around those concepts. But um, no, I was, I mean, and it still is a trading vehicle for me, but it, I would say the other side deepened quite a bit over the last few years. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Basically, <laughs> yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on a GBTC? Is um, that a, I mean, you said well, your algo tracks it. Is that something that you, you would own um, or would you, you know, recommend not owning it? Uh, I, you know, I was an owner of it and I still, I, I was an owner of it for a long time. I still own it, but I've been cutting my position mm-hmm. and trying to do it gracefully. Um, I mean, I think the problem is we lost the mechanism for it to get back to par mm-hmm. and unless it gets turned into a spot ETF, um, you know, it's not going to happen. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's, that's going to happen under the current regime in the United States. So, um, especially Gary Gensler at the SEC. So, um, uh, I don't think there's a problem with its basic design. You know, I think that we've seen, I mean, and again, I don't know the inside halls of grayscale investments, but I think we've seen them be a good player in terms of custody and all that stuff. Never mind the Genesis issues um, and all of that. I mean, the grayscale investments itself, that subsidiary of, of, um, of the company has been good on the custody side. We haven't seen them, you know, they've been one of the largest Bitcoin holders in the world and we haven't seen any of that Bitcoin leak as far as we know. Um, so I shouldn't call it crappy by design, but but uh, I mean what the market has done to it, the arbitragers um, that were you know selling the premium at the when it first came out. I mean I I I, I thought about joining that arbitrage game of mm. of uh, you know giving you know you know getting shares for my Bitcoin and then selling it for premium. I, I was always very tempted to do that, but um, yeah, I mean we're just left with a. I mean we're just it's like a hobbled asset. I mean. What can you say? I mean, it's, I, I still trade it with my algo, uh, but those are short-term trades, so they really don't count. I still hold a little in my my um, retirement accounts uh, just to try to get a graceful entry. So I trade it back and forth and make short-term profits off of it um, at various points in time because I have a pretty good handle on the chart most of the time. It's got a little bit scary in 2022, but it's been pretty good this year. Again, the algo helps as well. 
Mm-hmm. But that, but me trading it doesn't say it's a good thing. I, I generally tell people uh, Bito B I T O is better. Uh, granted, we, everyone has to understand what's inside that, which is futures, not spot. That's concerning for sure. But at least we can say that hey, this is an ass. This is an asset that's ninety nine percent correlated to Bitcoin mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, right? That's a lot better than saying, okay, you know, really, I mean, GBTC and GBC has a mind of its own on the market. I mean, there's a relation chart wise, but it's not a one to one correlation. It's like it's got this mind of its own. And that really is that like 50 percent discount that's going on inside of it, Uh, which, you know, basically you can say half correlated to Bitcoin, right? Half of its uh, half of its uh, uh, market price is due to Bitcoin. The other half is due to the mind of the discounters or or the discount itself. Yeah. So I mean. During the more bullish um, times for Bitcoin, we have seen GBTC trade at a at a premium. Right. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that you don't really believe that that premium would come back, perhaps in the future, and that you know that might be something to play? I I I think it's possible. We certainly saw it shrunk, but I'm not clear whether it shrunk because of market sentiment, uh, move you know really around GBTC, or if it's simply the SEC lost the lawsuit. That Grayscale has um, waged against SEC, and it was excitement over that. I, I think it's I think it's too early to say. Um, uh, I mean, certainly in in periods of euphoria, we saw a very high premium, right? I mean, maybe at that time we get it, get it back to par. I have a really hard time. I mean, what did we get to a hundred percent premium at one point in time? Like back in two thousand eighteen, I think it was nearly double the value of Bitcoin. And, and someone someone's going to correct me. I mean, I just remember it being very very high. And, um, and I, I think ETHE was even bigger versus Ethereum, uh, but but went into a, a faster slide. And so um, I think the mechanism for getting there is is a difficult one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're asking, you really are asking retailers to move the needle of that thing back to par. Um, you know, generally, like uh, ETNs are off a discount to the NAV inside. I think it's very it's very similar. I mean, I, I think you know, unless you have if you're a closed end fund and you have nobody buying the shares to arbitrage it uh, and doing and, and then basically letting off when it when it goes to premium, I mean, really you don't you don't have a managed nav, you don't have a mechanism for it to crawl back up. And so um, I think it's I just think it's a difficult one, you know. Like I, I've I've been th- thinking about myself: is there any way to arbitrage this so we can help it along? Because you really need arbitrage as a mechanism. Mm-hmm, you know, right. that's how things find fair value. They found fair value by by arbitrage. And I just don't. I don't see the mechanism. I don't see the 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 um, the incentive to do that in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yes, it might be the retailers. It might be retailers getting so excited. But now you have a competitor, Bido, and you now you have other uh, trust fund competitors as well. Like uh, I can't remember the names of the funds. I don't have never ever traded them, but there are other other with the same design. And so now you got to spread that market that um, that money around. And and uh, I'm just not sure real t- retailers are able to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in terms of the best way of owning Bitcoin, I mean, obviously, if you're trading and stuff, you need to probably use those exchanges. But I guess you would also maybe subscribe to the idea of uh, the old uh, the old saying, not your keys, not your crypto. Sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I have I have dedicated Ethereum and Bitcoin holdings that are multi-sig off, you know, not not on exchanges. You know, I got the keys. Um, I mean, I'm always evaluating my security. You know, it, it for sure, and yeah. So I differentiate my trading assets versus my my long term assets, and, mm-hmm. and everything I'm trading is. And in fact, I you know even more and more I'm trading CME futures because you know out of my brokerage account, and then to hedge my Bitcoin holdings, I'm sometimes trading that way. 
So I'm not even touching mm-hmm. exchanges at all. Now, I wanted to get back into Elliott Web because, of course, that's something that uh, I've also uh, uh, looked at a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, well, I wouldn't quite call it a debate, but where do you stand on the idea of uh, using logarithmic versus arithmetic charts? When uh, I don't even, I, I know crypto, you cannot see the waves properly in a linear period. Mm-hmm. Like, you really can't. Like anyone, take take a take a um, take a, a Bitcoin chart, put it in linear on a weekly chart, mm-hmm. and you see mountains, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you put it in a, la- a, a a log chart, you see a clear trend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I, Elliott Wave is a trend analysis at a core. I think that plays out in actually every every asset. I, I only when I feel a little different is is forex because they tend mm-hmm. to be actually ABC structures. They tend not to be five wave structures except for a short period of time. And they tend to be sort of nested ABC structures. Um, so it's not even really a pure Elliott wave you get in forex most of the time. But um, but a linear chart tends to work also because the function of how important log linear is is a function of how volatile the asset is. Mm-hmm. If something, if, if a third wave tends, you know, you can have, uh, uh, you can have, you know, in crypto, you, you, well, let's say take a, take a, uh, non-volatile stock and its third wave coming up might get you might get you 30% return and then the third wave in bitcoin like if we really get uh well even just the fifth wave up to 125k which is my target uh that is now what 4 or 5x um mm-hmm. you know close to close to that right that um if you put the if you use fibs the way we use it you will not get a projection anywhere close to 125k yeah, and and only, and the only reason we get 125k is because we use linear log fibs, but it has it has played out, uh, it has played out for um, for years for me, and and I'll use a, a clear story. So uh, this is back when I was really trading Ethereum more than Bitcoin in 2016, and um, and I was I was a member of Elliott Wave Trader, not a not a, not on staff, mm-hmm. and um, I was get, I was still learning Elliott Wave at a at a, at a deep level. And I was using linear fibs and I was, we were coming off out of the, so we had the Dow hack and then big, I don't remember what the, the low was six or $7 in 2016. I don't remember something like that. And then it broke out at $10 and I used linear fibs and, um, the fibs and I, and I had projected a target of, I think 30 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got to 30 bucks and I saw you, there's a lot of technical, typical technical things you see at, fifth wave targets one it didn't look like it had even finished the third mm-hmm. number two um it didn't have any of the technical aspects that you would expect near a top mm-hmm. and um and then it, and then i had a fifth target and it kind of started to zoom past it mm-hmm. and then at that same time one of our members did a really deep dive down on the very important aspects of log fibs like you if you do linear fibs on the s&p 500 over the last 100 years it won't work at least yeah. if not if you use fibs and fib targets the same way we do. Um, you can do you can use linear on a shorter time frame, but you can't do it on a hundred year chart. The span. So he he went through the hundred year chart of the S and P five hundred and showed the importance of log fibs and 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 the point is is that let's say you're t- looking at the one point six one eight extension, it in in log it will mean the same thing on every time frame. Meaning mm-hmm. you can you can do five minute chart, ten minute chart, fifteen minute chart. And if you're using log fibs, you get similar hits of fibs at any time frame. If you're working on linear, all of a sudden on the long-term chart, you got to talk 500, you know, 500s extension, 600 extension. And it just doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. if you're trying to stick to a method. 
to right. start to have no, you're basically apples to oranges on, on your FIV extensions. Mm-hmm. That's the main point. And you, no one's going to get this on the podcast if they're not deep into Elliott wave, but, um, but you can, you can apply the method by time frame. So anyway, my point was after that talk, um, I was like, Holy crap. I take the same setup. I apply it in log. I don't get 30 as a target, but the next big fib is 1300. And then after that is like 2000. And mm-hmm. after that, 2500. Now, um, I maintain that Ether broke down after a C wave in mm-hmm. 2017. It did not give us a full five waves. That mm-hmm. can be debatable. But, or you can say that um, you can even say that it's working on its fifth wave now. But re- regardless, and I challenge that notion too, but irregardless, the next key fib was 1300, right? Mm-hmm. Where did we top? And we were like 13, 1400, right? In 2000, in 2017, something like that. I don't remember exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. You know, or I think it, it went into 2018, Bitcoin topped in 2017. I would have never been long between 30 and 1400, but I was if I had not had that realization, if I had not been on the log chart. Mm-hmm. I would have, I mean, 1700 in terms of percentile gain, uh, I have never outdone in my life yet in terms mm-hmm. of a yearly gain, right? I won't even talk about it. Uh, it was life-changing. 2017 was life-changing. Now, I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I knew it was, I knew we had come into a top in Bitcoin. I was running the service. I had lots of coins and all these all wallets because I was secure back then. And I, I think at one point in time, I lost uh, six figures over uh, 24 hours because I was just moving coins out of wallets and covering my service. So I, I, I wish I could say it was, I know, I mean, it was life-changing at the same time. If I wasn't moving all those coins around, it could have been ever more life-changing. <laughs> but regardless, regardless, my point is, because uh, I don't want everyone to think, I, you know, I, I, I made myself ultra wealthy at that time. But my point is I would have been out of Ether at 30 if I was using linear FIBS. Mm-hmm. And I would have just gone home and I would say, okay, we're near a top. And then I just would have watched it zoom all the way up to four figures. Instead, I got out at 30. I saw that guy's article. I went back to my fibs. I went to log. And I said, holy crap. And I went very long. <laughs> so anyway. It's good thing you saw that article. That yeah. changed, changed your life. Now, the reason I was asking is because I think when you do use the um, the log, um, like for example, looking at Bitcoin now, depending on how you uh, how you measure certain structures, I feel like you get uh, very bullish outcomes. Which I don't, sometimes I feel like are not very realistic. You know, you get like Bitcoin going into like five hundred k or even a million. Yep. Is that something, or you just like, well, that's it. That those are the fibs. Uh, I well, what I always tell people is those are those are the moon counts. Now, I would I would say. I would say we've seen over the, since I started in 2017, we've seen Bitcoin hit all its major fibs. Yeah. So, so, so it, it's uh, with Bitcoin, it's, it's harder to challenge. But I would say um, with their all coins, whatever you want to call it, even Ethereum, we've seen it miss those big targets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, I, and, and I don't chalk that up as Elliott Wave isn't working. No, because Elliott Wave also told me when they were going to miss and told me to get out, right, to cut my positions. So it works. It works as a risk management tool, whether you hit your targets or not, whether the support holds or not. That's just important. Like, you know, I trust the supports from Ellie Wave, and when they break, that's important. I got to cut my position or get out, depending on what support we're dealing with. So, um, is Bitcoin always going to hit those fibs? You know, I really can't say, right? Like, I mean, I, I think Elliott Wave has some predictive qualities, but I've seen enough targets miss. I've seen enough. You think they're going to go five waves? They top in the third wave, aka C wave, and then they mm-hmm. die, right? 
So, uh, so the, just the, you know, that's okay with me because I trade those C waves, you know, I trade the C waves and I, I, I get as much juice out of them as I can before they start to fail. Um, I mean, that's how I trade. And I, and over the time, over, over time, I've grown very realistic about what we can get out of an altcoin before mm-hmm. they die. Um, I, you know, I, even with Ethereum, I'm very realistic about my projection projections going forward in ether. I have very bullish ones. I expect 10,500 right now in the current cycle, as long as 1,000 holds. Mm-hmm. But, um, and again, it's always, if this, then that. But um, I'm also realistic that because it's popped, in my view, a C wave in 2018, it lo- Elliott Wave loses a little bit of its value. And it's a little bit easier to trade Ether on a shorter time frame than that major weekly chart, where Bitcoin has just hit every milestone in its, week- in its weekly chart. and um, you know, it takes about it takes about a break of like three thousand dollars to like say I'm not getting a million. You know, it takes a break of three thousand for me to doubt a million. And the mm-hmm. thing I don't say is by when, right? Because maybe right. a million comes when I'm when I'm eighty years old, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think I think I think the point is is that I treat I treat Elliot I treat long term counts as a roadmap mm-hmm. to help me work in and work the trade at a lower level. And then, you know, okay, that would be nice. I'm not holding any altcoin out for its crazy moon targets. No, I'm trading smaller time frames. I'm snapping off three X's, five X's. Sometimes I got to get out after 30%. Sometimes I got to get out at a small loss. I'm working the smaller time frames. And then, yes, if it if after it does X, Y, and Z and it sets up again, okay, now let's talk about the next target, right? It's just mm-hmm. It's just swing trade by swing trade. So just to be realistic, because I've seen way too many altcoins especially fail. Um, and, and again, again, Ether to me was a big failure in 2017. People may not think it that way, but from an LA perspective, in my perspective, depends. On, I mean, I can, I can. My colleague Jason sees the fifth wave as now. Uh, mm-hmm. I have our time seeing it for various reasons. Okay, that's fair. You know, I can, I can give that to him. But I, I think it should have happened in not, you know, maybe 2018. And it was just, it's, it's. I think there's an exogenous thing that happens in crypto. It's that Bitcoin sucks the liquidity out, right? As soon as. Right. As soon as Bitcoin tops, all the liquidity starts jumping out of the market, and then all coins can't go anywhere. And I, I think that's what happens with all coins. They're they're great as long as Bitcoin is performing. Um, now, you know, maybe one day they stand on their own, but I think it'll be very few that stand on their own over time. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry. So you're saying that um, because of that failed move in 2017, where do you stand now on Ethereum? You see that going lower? No, no, no. I, I, I I'm bullish on Ethereum. I, mm-hmm. I see it going to ten thousand five hundred. I'm only saying that. When you're dealing with ABCs structures, as and again, that, that can be challenged. Mm-hmm. Dealing with ABC structures, the predictive qualities of, of Elliott Wave analysis reduces a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very reluctant to say after 10.5 what the target should be. I'm very much going to say, okay, let's hit 10.5, and then let's see where it retraces. Let's see where Bitcoin is. And it'd be a little bit easier to talk about scenarios in, in Ether after 10.5. Uh, and that's because of the ABC structures where Bitcoin is mostly done what I've expected uh, since to since the top in 2018, more, even more than that, the, the bottom in 2018, except that sometimes it took a little slower. Like I would have rather seen it shoot up to 125, just like everybody else mm-hmm, in 2021. Right. But from an LA perspective, it isn't so bad to take a detour as mm-hmm. long as you don't break support. and it, and um, you know, and, and there are two levels of support, 16K, which are kind of tapped below it, but it's come up. 
and the second one was is is three thousand region. We got others below that, but so is you know I I you know the the problem the problem is when, okay when you're on Twitter and you post a setup and then someone says that is that didn't age well right or you that one failed mm-hmm. and then and then they're not paying attention to you anymore and then you got there like a little bit later okay a lot, you know whether uh the 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 situation there is okay either my Elliott wave count was wrong or it simply it put in another consolidation side right and it can be it can be both right it depends it all depends and that person's gone right they're not following you anymore and that's the funny thing about uh forecasting and uh you know it's like well, you know and and that's why i always avoid time frames because like i've said Elliot way uh bitcoin has always hit its targets but uh if you're picking on some post i made on twitter at some point in time when bitcoin was moving very aggressively that little you know smaller time frame may have turned out wrong right Mm-hmm. Smaller time frames turn out wrong more often than larger time frames in most in most um, asset classes. So right. anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely a widespread problem nowadays. Uh, judging people on you know some yeah. tweet they they made, you know, and not on the whole content of what they what yeah. they share. Exactly. Yeah. Or or <laughs> I mean I mean I think I always say my my value is in how to trade Elliott Wave. Mm-hmm. I think I think that you know versus. Uh, you know, I usually get compliments on me teaching how to trade and use the analysis versus me being this such a brilliant elevated analysis that I'm always right, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I'm more, imp- you know, I, I the reality is most professional traders trade close to a fifty percent win rate on a long term basis, right? Mm-hmm. Could be fifty five, could be fifty three, could be fifty six. Uh, you know, most of the time, I would say, you know, quant trading and high frequency trading is different. Um, cause they, they actually gear that to win rate, but most of us are, you know, I'm more interested in getting close to 50 and then being <laughs> three to one on, on my, my returns versus my risk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's just more easier to accomplish that, you know, and, and you can't do that if you don't take, take, take a stop when you need to, you know, and when you're wrong. So anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that whole thing's funny. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter's hilarious. Yes. Especially when yeah. it comes to crypto. Yeah. Um, so now in terms of Bitcoin, you were saying then, would it be safe to say that until that uh, sort of low that we breached recently is at 16K is broken, would you would you say that the uh, bottom is in, so to speak? As long as that holds, yeah. I mean, actually now I would say 18. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's it's the old like, okay, the, you know, support needs to move up and 7.6 port retrace of the entire range. I don't think that's a perfect support. But if you take, um, it's around 18 where you take the range that we've seen. From that fifteen thousand five hundred um, a log, a log seven six four is around eighteen roughly. Um, but that's where I would get concerned. That I mean, it, just probability would say once the seven six four goes, that's sort of the end of the line. And generally, the whole the whole position is or the whole structure is invalidated. Just generally, I mean, every once in a while you get a poke below seven six four. I've seen Bitcoin go to the eighty eight, right. but it's very it's like ninety nine percent of the time if the seven six four retrace breaks, then it's going to take out the low. Um, and so generally, I, I look often look for a spike in reverse. But if we don't get it and we start consolidating below, then then I just get I get out of my positions. And and that wouldn't mean that I got out of Bitcoin. It would just mean mm-hmm. that I cut my aggressive positions. Because again, my you know I I was buying Bitcoin down you know as we were going down in 2020 22. But because I knew we were in a bear market, I was just buying. I, I tell people it was generally around like half a percent of my my free cash flow every month. Right, mm-hmm. like that's right. a very safe like. Who cares? I'm just adding a bit Bitcoin as we go down. I'm not mm-hmm. taking any aggressive long trades. In fact, I took some shorts along the way. That's um, very different from saying, okay, I'm, I'm just buying all the way down, you know, 
aggressively. You know, at some point in time, you're just going to run out of money. And so, I, you know, I'm, you know, cash management's all key and all that. But so if we break, my point is when we break 18K, uh, I'm not going to get out of my, I, I do have like my trading accounts are going to go to zero, mm-hmm. but I still have my long-term, you know, multi-sig wallet, cold wallet holding Bitcoin. That's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I will, I will focus on adding to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those cold wallets by buying, you know, I might buy five bucks a day. I might buy a hundred bucks a day, whatever, you know, whatever my cash flow looks like. I also, there's a lot of other asset classes. I do classes. I do similar tech, some, mm-hmm. you know, indexes, uh, yeah, various stuff. And famous, people, some people make fun of me because I got into wine investing like a few years ago and it's been very well for me. So it, it's, um, you know, there's, I, there's a lot of asset classes that are important to me, but, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, I mean the main, the main thing is like cash management, you know, when you're in a bear market, you've got to, you got to slowly manage your cash as you go. Otherwise you're going to end up, you're going to, you know, the worst thing. The, so the worst, the biggest thing, the biggest lesson I learned about trading is I called the bottom in 3000, 2018, but I was not in a financial position to fully take care of it, to fully mm-hmm. make use of it. I didn't do bad. I did great. But like, I've always said to myself, okay, like, you know, I've asked, since then I've said, okay, what am I going to do in the, in the bat, the next bear market? How am I, how am I going to get in low? Mm-hmm. And, and my conclusion was I got to be a little bit lazy and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold a lot of cash, but I'm going to slowly trickle that cash as we go down. Mm-hmm. No aggressive longs, no leverage. You know, in fact, leverage may be applied to the short side to hedge what I've been accumulating. And man, I'm, I'm, I was really, I mean, this is like the third bear market I went through in 2022. And I was absolutely happy with my performance. Uh, you know, again, I'm not saying all my calls were perfect. I'm just saying that my trading, um, you know, the acumen of, of, of being really careful was, uh, mm-hmm. it was just excellent. I mean, I, 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 and so when we were going up, we came off fifteen five again. I didn't expect it to come off that. that yeah, you know, we, we reached my key support. I figure, you know, but then we started come up. I was like, well, I'm making money because I had just accumulated into mm-hmm. that low slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Had some had more sats. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you have that conviction, you have gotta uh, be able to just you know play the long game and accumulate. Yeah. Now you talk about, sort of talked a bit about having other investments, and that's also one of the questions that I uh, wanted to ask you because obviously, uh, in terms of analysis and trading, you're a crypto guy. But I would assume that um, you also have some other investments. You just mentioned, yeah. for example, the wine. How do you see crypto and Bitcoin fitting into like a more diversified portfolio for investments? Yeah, it's funny. I have. A, I mean, I gave my whole, all my members like uh, like a, a whole webinar devoted to how I look at portfolios. Mm-hmm. So I look at asset class. I mean, cash has got to be an asset, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to have ca- cash. Yes, cash is losing value, but how are you going to take take charge of opportunities without cash, right? Um, I have. Uh, I don't. Re- I have not classically viewed bonds as an asset class, but with in a high interest rate environment, they are great. Mm-hmm. So I have been buying bonds of late because as soon as they drop interest rates, those bonds are going to fly and then I'll probably be done with them as soon as they get back to zero rates in the United States, which I imagine we will again, mm-hmm. uh, the way if we got fed anything like what we have today. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so now bonds is added to that, um, as, like, uh, general stocks. So tech index, uh, NASDAQ and, uh, and then small caps, um, the Russell 2000, as well as SPX. You know, to keep it simple for some people, I just say SPX, you know, general stock market exposure, mm-hmm. gold. And I have that in the form of mining share index GDX, as well as a little bit of physical metal, not a lot, but I've been looking at building that up because it looks like we're in a gold bull market right now. And I expect that to continue. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bitcoin naturally and Ethereum a little bit less so, but uh, I consider Ethereum viable long term. And again, and again, my value there is 
Uh, if the crap hits the fan where our financial service is going to be, it's going to be on Ethereum right now. Maybe one day it's on Bitcoin and there's some movements in that regard. It's been great having you on the show. Uh, like I said, I've been following you, your work. been uh, great to uh, have the chance to pick your brain for, for this time. Um, before we get off, uh, just let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think um, if you're really curious about what I do, uh, follow me on Twitter, R-W-I-L-D-A-Y. And then I do a public webinar. Um, I try to hit the third Saturday of every month as best I can, but I'll give a little indication about where it's going. It's a free webinar. You get a flavor. This is what I do every week for subscribers. I go through Bitcoin, Ether, a bunch of charts, and I go through a bunch of altcoins, which are selected. Um, so crypto equities. And then I usually often talk strategy. So check that out. Um, and then, uh, and then it, I always say, you know, you go to my profile on Twitter if you want to try the service. Um, and on L8 Wave Trader, we do it without any credit cards. So mm -hmm. you can just sign up, email, password, and then if it's not for you, two weeks, two weeks, you you have to ante up. Um, but you get every single service, stocks, futures, all of the uh, the quant signals we have, all of that for two weeks. And then um, you know, again, no one's no one's calling you up and saying, hey, pony up. It's not a high pressure thing. You know, it either mm -hmm. works for you or it doesn't. Um, but um, you know, I've, I've had people that have been with me since 2017 when we started. So check it out. Um, Twitter, again, like I said, uh, LAWaveTrader.net, or if you go through Seeking Alpha's Crypto Waves. So that's the other way to find us. Thanks again for listening, everyone. You can check out my own profile on Seeking Alpha, The Pragmatic Investor. You can find transcripts for all our episodes on the Investing Experts author page on Seeking Alpha, and links to the investing groups can be found there or in our podcast show notes under episode descriptions. And just to wrap up, remember, anything you hear on this podcast should not be considered investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, and you should seek advice from a licensed professional before investing. At times, myself or the guests might own positions in the securities mentioned. 